0: Today's
1: episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents, and we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Hi wine and dime listeners, Amy Irvine here again, and the tip of the month for wine is from a winery out in the Willamette Valley of Oregon called Airly. Airly was one of the places that we stopped while we were out there visiting. Hop on over to their website, airlywinery.com, to check out all the different wines they have available. This week I am recommending their dry gewurztraminer i I'm not generally a huge white fan, but I certainly liked their Gewürztraminer. It was nice and uh, tart. I would say had the grapefruit notes that you want a convert demeanor to have, and it definitely pairs well with spicy food. We hope you enjoy these little tips. And if you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, welcome back, Becky. We're so thrilled to have you. Um, I can't believe fall is in full swing at this moment. Um, we're talking about the fun uh, topic of open enrollment and benefit structures once again this year. It seems like it seems like we cover this every year but there's always something more to be talking about when it comes to open enrollment. Um, I am. Uh, I'm always amazed at how creative companies are, are getting with the benefit structures that they're offering anymore. So we are always trying to tell people, don't leave things on the table because you know it's often just the check of a box that can get you into something very inexpensively. So Becky and I thought that we would kind of have a jam session about open enrollment and some of the things that you may not even know that you have available to you. Right, Becky? Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. Fun time. And, and, you know, the average person spends less than 20 minutes, if that actually making the elections. And the what I say, that's the funny thing is that when we're, when we are working with our clients, we spend probably close to two hours doing that analysis. So when you think about, and we're pretty knowledgeable about these plans, but we look at it, at a very um, specific window for our clients and looking at how it fits within their plan. So by us saying that we're spending two hours and the average person spends about 20 minutes or less, you know that there's a lot of people that just say, you know what, I've got a lot going on in my life. I'm just going to check the box. What if God's working? I'm not going to explore or dig in to see if I need more, right? Yes. So let's do that today. Let's, ha- let's draw the attention to people about what, what kind of things should they be looking at? What might be available during open enrollment that they might know about and they might not know about? Yeah, that's a
0: great question. Um, So a lot of times when people think of open enrollment, you know, they do think about insurance. And so a lot of times it's usually health insurance that people think about, but they forget about reviewing their life and disability coverage. And also looking at outside of the insurance scope Like, um, you know, if legal plans are available. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So um,
1: let's, so like life and death, because last, um, let's see, a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast with Kate and we really dug into like the health insurance terms. But let's talk about some of the things that might be available on the disability and life insurance side. And like you said, those other miscellaneous benefits. So thinking about first disability insurance. Your company might have. I know a lot of the clients that we work with. There's sort of two options. One is a default disability option, and one is a uh, upgrade. I guess you want to call it disability option. So, for example, a company might say, "Well, if something happens to you, we'll give you short-term disability for so many weeks at 100% pay or lower, and then after six months, it kicks into long." Term disability and that long term disability might be 50%. Like that might be the default, right? Yep. And then there might be, like I said, an upgrade if for lack of a term, let's talk talk a little bit about that. What are you seeing with some of our clients as far as um, if they elect to pay
0: just a little bit out of pocket, what can they get? Yeah. So by paying a little bit out of pocket, you still get to benefit from the group pricing and um, you can often increase your coverage from say 50% to like sixty-seven percent mm. or so, so you can increase that coverage pretty significantly, um, really for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Because um, you know, you don't think about you know the impact, the financial impact that you know that sixteen or seventeen percent of your pay can make. That's really huge. Mm. Yeah. And part of that, because if
1: you're paying for that 17% variance, right, that's paid with after-tax money. So it comes to you with after-tax money.
0: Yes, that's a great point to make. Um, A lot of people think that disability insurance may not be taxable, but if your employer pays the premiums, then you could be in for a surprise come tax time when that income is taxable. But like you just mentioned, if you're paying for additional coverage, then um, that additional coverage amount is not taxable.
1: So that, I mean, think about that from just pause for a second. So if my company's paying 50%, the default is 50%. Um, I, I know my salary is going to decrease 50, 50%, like just off the bat, but it's not just the fact that it decreases by 50%. It's the fact that I also, have to pay tax on that 50%. So even if it puts me in a lower tax bracket, typically that's going to be 25 to 30% that I'm still going to have to pay on that money. So if I'm just going to use easy math in my example, if 50% of my salary is $1,000, I start, you know, okay, my salary was two, I go to one and now I have to pay tax on that. It, it could actually end up only being 700 So that I'm like pausing and allowing silence for that to sit in a little bit, because I think that's something that a lot of people think, oh, it's not a big deal. But that really is a big deal. So doing your doing your head, the math of taking half your salary and then only 70 percent of the difference. Could you actually live off from that? Well, what if your company doesn't offer a supplemental plan?
0: What do you do then? Yeah, well, there's a couple of options. Um, One is you can really dive into your expenses and create what we call the B word, budget, (laughs) and see if there's anything you can cut. You know, maybe you don't have to um, travel as much because you're not driving into the office. So some of your expenses may go down just by nature of not um, working, but are there other expenses that you can cut? Like maybe instead of dining out twice a week, maybe cut it down to once a week. And, you know, once you figure out what you can cut, then what's your gap at that point?
1: Mm-hmm. And- so,
0: so what I'm hearing
1: you say, just to clarify, is that um, first you need to solve for what your coverage actually needs to be.
0: Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And if after um, you do that analysis and there's still a gap and there's no way you can get around that gap, then you can look for an outside policy. So you can get an independent disability policy. And you can do that by contacting um, an insurance agent that you may have already worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. Or if you work with a financial planner, you can reach out to them. And it's also something that the financial planner should be bringing to your attention as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, ask if they have recommendations on who to work with, because they may know someone local to you or someone who's not going to be too sales pushy and trying Mm -hmm. to sell you what you don't need. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. That's a really important note, because um, thinking about the um, thinking about the. So let me back up. Thinking about the benefits of having a policy within the company. One of the benefits is the fact that you usually don't have to go and go through underwriting. But the con is, if you leave the company, the benefit usually stays with them, right? So we love to take advantage of the the, uh, benefits that are available through your company. We want to make sure that's sufficient. But we also want you to know that if you ever leave the company, you typically can't take disability insurance with you. So sometimes people will say, well, I don't need the coverage, but I want to make sure I have that portability and I want to get it when I'm young and healthy and don't have any kind of medical conditions um, but if you work for a company that offers these kinds of benefits and you need to change jobs, you're probably going to look for companies that have similar benefits, right? Just to do a side by side comparison. And be careful not to be overinsured when it comes to disability because these companies coordinate with each other. You can't have more income coming in when you, if you have a disability, than you had prior to the disability. So to Becky's point about the fact that, you know, don't be, be cautious, be, you know, offensive when it comes to being oversold on the disability side because you're you could be sold a really good policy. But if what you have with your company and what you have with an outside policy uh, is collaboratively more than what you're earning, you're not going to get that. Like it's just, you know, you've got to see, well, who pays first and how do they coordinate benefits? And even if you do have an outside policy, if you ever become eligible for Social Security, I will I will bet that the language in that disability policy actually says the amount that you're receiving will be decreased by the coordinated benefit that you get for social security. So it's looking at all those pieces, right? And the, there, there is another benefit, I guess, to paying for an outside policy. It goes to the fact that we were talking about uh, earlier that if you your company does elect To offer a disability policy that is uh, something you can pay for any outside disability policies are typically tax free as well, because, again, they're all tax free dollars that you're using. So that is a, a pro to using or, you know, having a policy outside your company also. So, you know, that portability and the fact that you wouldn't pay taxes on it. Um, But I think it goes back, Becky, to what you said. Do you how much do you need? And solving for that is a really important piece of it, because typically you don't need 100 percent of your compensation if you become disabled. What do you hear most people, you know, when you're talking to clients and you're talking, thinking about it from our planning perspective? What do you think most people think they need for disability?
0: Yeah, um, a lot of people seem to think they need their full wage. Replacement, Mm. Um, but you know, between the different savings that you can cut, um, you really don't necessarily need that full amount. Mm -hmm. And um, some other outside things to think about real quick are um, sometimes your loans actually have a disability cause within them. So that can help reduce your actual need. Mm-hmm. So um, look at your loans. It's possible that your mortgage has a clause in it that says if you're disabled, then you don't have to make payments for the time of your disability. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it very commonly with auto insurance policies, or sorry, auto loans. Mm-hmm. And same with federal student loans.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. And that's something that you can usually ask for at the time that you're getting the taking out the student loan, federal student loans. It's automatically written into the language, but the auto in the um, mortgage is some or home equity, even like if people are refinancing or taking out a home equity line of credit. That's something that you could ask for at the time that the loan is being written. And generally speaking, there's very little underwriting associated with that. It might be a very brief questionnaire. So it's an easy way to. Um, to get that coverage built in, if you have any, potentially any um, medical conditions that would prohibit you from getting disability insurance. So, the other thing that is very common is life insurance. Um, what do you typically see being offered by employers for life insurance?
0: Yeah, it varies widely based on the company, but um, for larger companies, you often see one or two times base salary mm-hmm. as like the base benefit. And then from there, um, some companies do offer more than that, but many also offer like a supplemental policy where you can pay a little bit and get um, you know maybe three or four times your base pa- your base salary in coverage. So you pay for it, but the
1: you can elect two, three, four times your your base salary. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you could actually elect say four times your base salary and have four hundred thousand dollars in coverage. And then you pay for it at a group rate. It might, I think they are usually in ranges, right? They're usually based on like it's group rate, but it's group rate based on age of the individual and like lots of five, I think is usually what I see. So you'd be put into a group of like your price would be based on, you know, like for me, it'd be between 50 and 55, right? So it it's it's still cheaper <laughs> than going out and getting $400,000 of coverage um, because they're the, the, um, Looking at the actuarial formulas and the the fact that it's gr- it's the group would be lower cost than going out and getting my own individual policy for that kind of coverage. Thinking about you know thinking about coverage like that though, um, again, if you have any kind of underwriting struggles, often you can elect to get into those kinds of plans without an exam uh, to, within certain levels. Like usually they'll let you get in if. If it's under a certain dollar amount, when you start getting in like eight times salary, they might have you do a basic paramed or something. Or if you wanted to add more coverage than whatever the language of the plan is, then you might have to. But often you can get these plans without any kind of underwriting uh, involved, which I think is hugely beneficial to clients.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And a lot of times you can also get um, spousal coverage Mm, and dependent coverage. And usually that coverage is at a fairly low amount, but at least it's something.
1: And it's usually pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah. You know the other thing is that often those plans that are like that, those supplemental plans, they're often portable. So unlike the disability plans, the the um, group life insurance plans, you you often can take with you. So that's something. And. It, because you are taking it and converting it, uh, you wouldn't have to go through the underwriting. You'd just be able to take it with you. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the life insurance elections. What if I can't get enough through
0: my employer? Yeah, so um, very much so, like with disability, you can work with an agent that you may have worked with in the past, or um, you know, your financial planner can help make connections And I mean, there's companies out there that we've worked with in the past, such as like LLIS, where, you know, they they pay all of their um, employees salaries. So they're not going to be pushing for you Mm -hmm. to get more coverage than you need. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be honest with you about, you know, how much coverage you really, truly need to be um, paying for.
1: Mm -hmm. That's important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And you can also reach out sometimes whoever your employer has coverage through, you may be able to work with the same companies that they yeah. work with just outside of the um, the group plan. Yeah,
1: like if it's MetLife or Guardian or something like that, you'd actually be able to reach out to them and have Unum is another big one um that's been in the news a lot lately that in a not a good way. But they they do provide some outside coverage as well. So yeah, those that's a great, a great idea to do that kind of thing. And then thinking about some of the other benefits that often costs very minimal you mentioned the um, legal plan. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so that's one that um, a lot of people overlook, and when they're going through their open enrollment. But um, the legal plans often give you some kind of um, like legal coverage mm-hmm. for a very low cost, and that legal coverage could be used if you're going to be purchasing a house. Mm-hmm. Um, they can assist with the whole closing process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a speeding ticket, then sometimes <laughs> they can, you know, help reduce the fine. Or if you're working on your estate planning documents, um, depending on who the attorneys are within your legal plan, mm-hmm. you may be able to get some estate planning work done as well.
1: And those plans typically are around three to $400 a year. So not, you know, if you're looking at it from a, a biweekly perspective, it's, you know, eight, nine bucks per pay period that you're utilizing those plans. And I laugh. When you made the comment about the speeding ticket, because we actually know a client that did that. <laughs> they got a speeding ticket, they happened to have a legal plan, and they were able to get the attorney to uh, reduce the, you know, instead of them going to court, the attorney was able to, to reduce the the ticket from a, to a moving violation, which was very meaningful <laughs> to that person, so... Um, yeah. Another type of benefit that might be out there is accident. They call it AD&D, so accident, death, and dismemberment insurance. A lot of companies offer that, too, at like pennies, pennies on the dollar. And often, like life insurance, have it for their spouse and their um, their children. Um, t- talk a little bit about what AD&D is.
0: Yeah, so the ex- accidental death and dismemberment So if you're in an accident or something and you pass away, then there may be additional coverage um, that your beneficiaries may be able to receive. Or if you lose an extremity, like say that you're in an accident and your arm has to be amputated, Mm -hmm. um, there could be an additional payout for the loss of that um, arm.
1: Or eye or toe or finger or whatever it might be. It's amazing. Um, I I had never put this together, but if I didn't know if I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you lose a big toe, your balance is significantly impacted. You wouldn't think about that. I mean, it's all it's this tiny little, you know, thing on your foot, but it actually is hugely impactful on your balance.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. Or if, you know, if you're right handed and something happens to your right hand, that's a big deal, you know. So, yeah, those are all like AD&D, it's based on the extremity. Like there's a whole list of things, like if you have a, a dismemberment that, you know, what is something worth in general, but it it helps. I mean, it's always, you know, there's anything that's there. And for pennies on the dollar, um, you know, it's it's something that you can easily get into and, and have as a benefit. Any other key benefits that you can think of that people might overlook when it comes to open enrollment?
0: Um, I mean, there's a lot of different benefits that revolve around health insurance. Mm. Um, But, you know, every single company is so different. So it's it's really important that you look down line by line to see what your company offers and fully understand
1: it. More and more companies are starting to offer financial planning as an example. And, you know, it looks great. Like, oh, my company offers financial planning. And I'm totally jaded when I say this, right? Because they offer some financial planning, but they won't often they won't offer like specific like they might say to you, you need life insurance or you need your asset allocation should be X, but they won't give you like who to work with or specific investments to allocate to. So um, don't pay for something like if, if they're giving it to you for free, great, go ahead and use it. But if they're charging you for it, make sure you fully understand what you're getting into for that benefit too, before you think, oh, great, this is a benefit that's offered. I'm just going to sign up for it. Make sure you do your homework on that as well. Yeah. Great point. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. We covered a lot in the last 20 minutes. is there any other final tips that you would give to people, I guess, just kind of thinking through the process? I guess we talked about what you what might be available. We talked about analyzing your benefits. And we talked about where to possibly go if you need more. Any final suggestion that you would give to folks as they listen to this podcast during open enrollment?
0: Yeah, the final suggestion that I would have is even though it's not a benefit, Um, As you're going through all of your coverage, double check your beneficiaries. Yes. It's a great time, you know, if you're making changes anyways, and you notice a beneficiary needs to be updated, just go ahead and get it done with so you don't have to think about it later.
1: I love that tip, Becky. (laughs) That's probably the number one thing that we stress about. I mean, when it comes to, you know, this sort of stuff, because we don't always see where those, you know, what you put for beneficiaries. So that's a great tip. If you don't hear anything else on this podcast today, listeners, listen to that final tip from Becky. Check your beneficiaries. Well, we appreciate the time that you've spent with us today here on this podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, you'd like to hear specific topics for us to discuss, please drop us a note. We'd love to hear it. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and rate us. The more people that rate us, the more people can find us. And we're also available on LinkedIn Twitter, and Instagram and Facebook. We hope you've all enjoyed the show. Thanks, everyone.
0: And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.